Sicha on the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a good morning and a warm welcome to our Friday Nasiha. Jumma Mubarak to everyone of our listeners tuned 91.3 FM and audio streaming at www.vocfm.co.za 90.7 and 90.9. Today on Nasiha program we focus on the noble Sahaba and we have Shahriyat Sheikh Zaid Fatar in Sida, the son of Shahriyat Fatan Haji Latifa Ahmed. Sheikh Zaid at the Al Azhar University is, and is currently the assistant dean and lecturer at the Medina Institute as well. Sheikh Zaid, assalamu and indeed a warm welcome. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. I think, you know, the topic that we have on hand this morning, is the, it's one that can, um, you know, can be can have lengthy discussions as well as extensive in-depth um, discussions. So we speak about the noble Sahaba this morning and people might be thinking, are we speaking about the 10 only? Or who are the Sahaba? No, no definitely. Alhamdulillah, Tum, alhamdulillah, inna alhamdulillah, nahmadu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'ukhiru. ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا ما يهدي الله فلا مضل له وما يضلل فلا هادي له وأشروا لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشروا أن سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم عبده ورسوله أما بعد Indeed, says Aisha, is that the topic of the Sahaba is one that a person can end up speaking until the day of Qiyamah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us so many favors and so many bounties in different ways and sometimes we think of it just being materialistic. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us favors and examples of people that were uh, such in a way the character that the Quran praised them. That we found the hadith of the Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam praised them. And they indeed are a ni'mah to the ummah because they are the people that showed us how to be a Muslim, how to be an example. You know, in today's time, we find a lot of youngsters, and, and I also fall sometimes into that, is that uh, we find all of these action figures, you know. You look at all the movies that is around. You see uh, Thor, and you see the Hulk, and you see Iron Man, and all of these guys that, yeah, salam, you know, you, as you're watching these movies, you're thinking, yeah, if I wish I had something like that. Now, if we go back to our deen, we will see that Allah granted us heroes that were not fiction, but were alive on this dunya, okay. that lived, that breathed, that ate, that slept, that drank, and socialized with people. And not only that, we are still learning about them up till today. These people were legends. These people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used in order to preserve, and they were one of the means and tools that Allah used to preserve this deen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, Muhammad Rasulullah. والذين معه أشداء على الكفار رحماء بينهم تراهم ركعا سجدا يبتغون فضلا من الله ورضوانا سيماهم في وجوههم من أثر السجود الله سبحانه وتعالى says in this beautiful verse محمد رسول الله and it is so beautiful that Allah سبحانه وتعالى starts this ayah remember this ayah is an ayah that describes the Sahaba but who does Allah سبحانه وتعالى start with is their teacher their guardian, the one, their instructor, the one that they came from Al-Madrasat Al-Muhammadiyah and that is the name Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to first and foremost to know that the Sahaba, who did they come from? The name Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Before even understanding their characteristics, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gives the first description that the Sahaba came from the name Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, Muhammad Rasulullah, وَالَّذِينَ مَعْهُ 
and those that were with him. Speaking about the companions of the name Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, وَالَّذِينَ مَعْهُ أَشِدَّاءُ عَلَى الْكُفَّارِ رُحَمَاءُ بَيْنَهُمْ These people, these companions, they intense against any actions of kufr, any disbelief, any sort of fitna, any sort of sharr, evilness, fasad, batil. They excessive against this. They very intense. They do not stand except for the haqq. They do not stand except for the haqq. But listen to the next part. Ruhamau baynahum. But they are excessively merciful between one another. Now, if one understands and takes this ayah literally, it might sound that as if we have to be, you know, very extreme against the non-believers. But this is not the case. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within this ayah is describing to us the characteristics of the Sahaba. And what made them special was their actions. So Allah then describes... That you saw them in sujood, you saw them uh, longing for the forgiveness and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So within this ayah, Allah is specifically speaking about the characteristics and the actions of a true mu'min. And what is it that is dis- disliked by these people are the characteristics of the, and the actions of kufr. Not specifically the kufar, but the actions. Because we live with non-Muslimin within our society, does not mean we go tomorrow and we fight with them and we speak ill and bad about them. No, we can dislike what they might be doing out there of fasad and all of these things. But it does not give us the right and uh, uh, the haqq to harm anybody. Because his eye is not dealing with that. The eye is describing the actions of the Sahaba. So therefore, anything that is opposite of what they did, what the kuffar were doing, that was disliked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the name Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You will see them in ruku'ah. Sujjada, you will see them in sujood. Yabatahuna fadlam min Allahi. They long the fadl virtue from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ridwana and satisfaction from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Simahum fi wujuhim min athari sujood. For you will see the signs within their faces, it will be outstanding. You will see that signs within their faces. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them also in another ayah. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Adillatin ala al mu'minina izzatin ala al kafirin. Now the word Adilla comes from the dhal. Dhal means two things within Arabic. means a person to be humiliated or it can mean also to be humble. And within this ayah, this is what the ayah is speaking about. Is that the Sahaba on such a level of being humble that it's almost as if they were humiliating themselves. Almost as if. Not humiliate because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about Aizzatin ala al-kafirin. The dignity and the honor made them prevail and overpower upon the, the disbelievers. But they had izzah, they had dignity, they had honor, but the honor and the dignity came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these were the characteristics of the Sahaba. They were very merciful. They were very compassionate between one another. They stood for the haq. They stood against the batil. And they were so humble, so humble, that it's un, it's un, and we, if we try to explain, we'll be do injustice towards it. This is the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the level of the Sahaba and how humble they were. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says another ayah speaking about the Sahaba. He says, لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ يُبَايَعُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ فَعَلِمَ مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ فَأَنزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَثَابَهُمْ فَتْحًا قَرِيبًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and we are satisfied with the mu'mineen when they pledged their allegiance towards you. And this is when the Sahaba pledged their allegiance, took the bay'ah by the name Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then 
described this beautiful event and it is so beautiful it's very important sometimes we understand the translations of ayat but we need to also tadabbur contemplate on the way Allah is speaking to us now if we look at this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says laqad radiyallahu anil mu'minin Allah was satisfied radiya it is a uh, past tense radiya bi fi'l madhi meaning past tense now the ulama they explain when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses a fi'l madhi a past tense it indicates to one thing is that it is already been put out and nothing can change it it is already been put out that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is satisfied with them and not even you, you don't have an option to take them out of the satisfaction of Allah. You don't have that option to change the destiny that Allah has given to them of satisfaction and the only reward of satisfaction is Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He is satisfied with you, when He is pleased with you, there is no other reward except the Jannah. All your sins are removed, all your sins are wiped out, and this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised the status of the Sahaba by placing His satisfaction upon them. And not only that, and He also sent down to them contentment and peace. Because that was the Sahaba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave their contentment and peace within their hearts because they had complete yaqeen and iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They had complete conviction. Their lives were about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything that they tried to do, they were conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were the greatest, as we said, greatest examples after the day Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is what Allah gave them to us. Because some people might think, you know, especially when you speak about the Nabi, it says, did the Nabi do this? Did the Nabi do that? Now, because we are weak and we are not on, on the status of Nubuwa, of Prophethood, you know, a lot of people then say, you know what, I'm not a Nabi. I can't do it. You can't expect me to be on the level of the Nabi. He's a Prophet from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us another reason why still we have to follow. Because if you cannot follow the Nabi, look at what the Sahaba did. And they were normal human beings. They were just average people like me and you. And they were able to follow the instructions of the name Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to their best capability. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions also in, 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 in the ayah where he says, وَالسَّابِكُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ تَبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ And those that entered Islam in the beginning, from the muhajirin, those that came from Mecca, والأنصار and those that came from Medina, وَالَّذِينَ تَبَعُوهُمْ and those that followed in their footsteps. Again, Allah has given us a door. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and those that entered Islam in the beginning of these people, and those that followed in their footsteps. So guess what? These people that followed the sunnah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we just mentioned, they were granted the satisfaction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And within this ayah, Allah again mentions, He is satisfied with them, and they are satisfied with Allah. But guess what? Allah mentioned, or gave you an opportunity to be part of this ayah. When he said, وَالَّذِينَ تَبَعُوهُمْ And those that followed in their footsteps. So you are also given opportunity to be granted the satisfaction of Allah. You are also being granted the opportunity to be satisfied with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you are granted the opportunity to enter these jannat that Allah promised the Sahaba. Ridwanullahi ta'ala alayhim ajma'in. Amen, inshallah. On that note, listeners, please do stay tuned. We will be back. Friday Nasikha on The Voice of the Cape. 
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi and a warm welcome to our Friday Nasih. Yes, and we have uh, Sheikh Zaid Fatal in studio with us now. Sheikh had mentioned so aptly, you know, how Allah Subhanahu describes um, the, the the Sahaba himself, and um, you know who whom they came from because they they taught they were taught by the Prophet sallallahu They followed the Prophet sallallahu to the T, and they only sought for Allah's forgiveness. Um, and though um, it was mentioned that they were promised Jannah for that, even they were more and more. Um, you know, alert to to seek Allah's forgiveness. No, definitely, Alhamdulillah. You know, and Aisha, they they were a product from the Nabi Muhammad They were actually the first product. The Nabi Salam that he produced all these beautiful Sahaba, these honorable Sahaba, and that's why the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, speaking about the Sahaba, he said, Allah, Allah fi ashabi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when the Rabbi Islam uses Allah meaning you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have taqwa within Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with my companions. Then he says, Do not take them as an, uh, an issue of argument, arguing around them and trying to make fitna between them. When you speak about my Sahaba, so whoever loves them, then with my love, you will also love them. So therefore, you will be granted the love of the Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Waman abghadahum and whoever dislikes them and harms them and slanders them and speaks ill and bad about them, fabibughdi abghadahum, then they will also have my uh, uh, anger towards them and and, 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 and so on. Waman adahum and whoever tries to harm them, the Rabbi alayhi wa sallam, he says, fakat adhani, then you have harmed me. Waman adhani, fakat adallah. And whoever tries to harm me, then he also attempts to harm Allah subhanahu Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever woman Allah whoever attempts to harm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he is at at an edge where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will seize him and take him. So this is the seriousness of when we speak about the Sahaba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just earlier Aunt Aisha was speaking to me, was speaking about the Sunnah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where we see that the Rabbi was ordered in kuntum Allah. That if you verily love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fattabi'uni, then follow me, follow the sunnah of the Nabi And the chain does not stop there. The Nabi confirms where does the chain go until. So after you are granted the love of Allah and you are granted the love of the Prophet, the Nabi then also mentions, don't forget the love of the Sahaba because they are connected to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Nabi said in a hadith, that the best of centuries are those that are with me in his time, and that was the Sahaba, and those that came after him, and those that came after them. So the Sahaba, Tabi'een, 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 and so on. Like that. And Allah granted this Sahaba this high status for a reason. And we are very familiar with this ayah. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes we use it in order to raise ourselves. And specifically, this ayah was sent down because of the Sahaba themselves, because of what they produced. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas, ta'amruna bil ma'rufi, wa tanhawna anil munkari, wa tu'minuna billah. That you are from the best people that was ever sent to this dunya. Now, alhamdulillah, it's almost as if we brag on skills sometimes. Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted the ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this status because of the Sahaba, because of what they practiced. They believed firmly on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They stayed away from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited upon them. And they came to see to the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in following the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
There are so many examples under Aisha of Sahaba. We can speak about the Sahaba until there's no time. But this is a few examples that I want to give so that we can have a perspective of who the Sahabi. You know, a lot of times you speak, this is how you need to treat the Sahaba, this is how you speak to Sahaba. But sometimes one needs to understand the worth and the value of the Sahaba. Why is he granted the status? It's very important because we are all, you know, we use a lot of logic. Yes. Today, especially in the generation that we live in, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says so and so. Okay, yes, we understand. Even though when we ask, a lot of us might not be asking because we're trying to deny it, but we're just trying to be convinced more about it. That is basically most and majority of the times, except for those, you know, that we find that try to deny it. But the Sahaba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted them this level because of the characteristics. And I want to use a few uh, Sahabis as an example. One of the Sahaba's name was Sa'd al-Salami. Sa'd al-Salami, if I should speak in our time, was a not so handsome guy. You know, he, he, he wasn't uh, the top model. He wasn't, you know, if, if you think of today's time, you know, the, 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 the George Clooney or the whatever, you know, whoever finds a way, uh, 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 handsome or so. So Sa'd al-Salami came to the Rabbi Sallam one day and he said, Ya Rasulullah, are we not Muslim? Are we not slave of Allah? He said, yes, no, of course we are. Are we not promised Jannah and success? He said, yes, you are. So Sa'ad said, Ya Rasulullah, so how come I cannot find anybody to marry me? And because he was not handsome. And also Sa'ad was a very poor Sahabi. He couldn't even afford, afford a silver ring. I mean, a, a, a metal ring. So Nabi then felt sorry for Sa'ad. He said, Sa'ad, go to this specific uh, chief. Tell him that I have sent him to you, uh, sent you to him, mm-hmm. and uh, tell him that I ordered him that he must give his daughter his hand in marriage for you. Saad then goes, comes by the door, knocks on it. Now try to visualize and imagine this. I mean, me as a father, if I should have a daughter and a guy comes that I don't know, comes knocking on my door, he looks yani. Otherwise, you can see he's not uh, very. Uh, uh, not a, doesn't have a very stable financial background as well. He comes and knocks on my door and he tells me, I have to get married to your daughter. Then Abi said, I must get married to your daughter. So just try to admit, I think the fathers will have a different opinion when it comes to this. So the father then had, he said, you, and he looked at him and pointed at him, almost like to size him up. Yes. You get married to my daughter. Do you know who I am? Because he was one of the chiefs. And the man was going on and then Saad then started to feel sad and he said, go, go, go away. I won't allow this. And so Saad turns around and walks away. While this is happening, the daughter is standing in the back and listening to this. And she then tells the father, yeah, yeah, Abati, how can you send away the messenger of the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Subhanallah, look at the wisdom. Look at the sahabiyat <laughs> You know, Wallahi, there was wisdom. It's not only the male sahabis, but the, males, uh, the female sahabiyat as well. So she says, tell him to come back and tell him that we accept his Proposal. Khalas. Sa'ad then goes back to the Nabi, all happy. And also the, 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 the Sahabiyah that he was getting married to, she was known for beauty. She was known for a uh, state of mind. She was very intellectual. She was really one of the outstanding women in the community. <laughs> and yes, Sa'ad, uh, you know, a guy that is, I don't know, uh, he might think of himself not being average. He's ending up with the most beautiful girl in the community. And Sa'ad then goes to Rabbi Ali Sassam. He says, Ya Rasulullah, they have accepted my, my proposal. And Rabbi Ali Sassam then tells Sa'ad, Okay, Sa'ad, uh, you have to then buy something, buy something, you know, like a ring, and even it would be from, from metal. 
So he said, Ya Rasulullah, I can't even afford a ring for myself that's made out of metal. So Rabbi Salaam then smiled at Sa'ad and he said, Okay, go to Abu Bakr, go to Omar and go to Uthman and tell them that I asked them to give you a portion of money so that you can, you know, see to buying certain things for your new wife. And then Sa'ad, happy, he goes and he collects and he goes to the market. And as in his market, you can imagine how excited. I remember the day I got married. I was so happy and so excited. I was blind on that day. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> because of the uh, overwhelm of joy and love and compassion. So Saad is overwhelmed and he's in the market and he's looking for things to buy. And while he's busy buying the things, somebody says, Ya khaylallahi irkavi. Oh, those that are on horses, jump on. Now we have to go to jihad. And Saad then looks. And Saad decides he's standing there and he's trying to decide what to do. He has these things in front of him. He just got married. He hasn't even yet had any contact with his wife. And he's sitting in such a situation. So what does Saad do? Saad then takes the money and he goes and instead of buying gifts, he buys a sword, a shield, and a horse. Subhanallah. And furthermore, he gets a scarf and he covers his face. Because he knows if he's going to go into battle, the Rabbi is going to see him and he might order him to turn around and return back. So Saad then covers his face and he goes into battle. And Saad fights and he, and he, and, and, and he fights so many kuffar. They're, they're saying that there some sahaba are looking at who is this man because they could not see his face. This man, if you think of 300, those that watched 300 movie, this was Saad in the battlefield. He was just, you know, Finishing everybody that is in front of him. And they didn't know who's this person that's doing this. Until the end of the battle, where the Sahabis and Rabbi Sassam was walking around and picking up those that were martyred, and they came across the body of Sa'ad. And the Rabbi Sassam then removed the, 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 the scarf, and he saw the Sa'ad, and then he started to cry. And then the Rabbi Sassam looked up, smiled, and looked away. So Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, why is it that you are you, you first were crying and then you smiled and then you looked away? The Prophet then said, I cried because my friend has left me. And then I was happy because I saw the Malaika taking Sa'ad. Subhanallah. And I looked away because as Sa'ad was going up, I saw the Hurul Ain rushing and hurrying towards Sa'ad and falling over each other that they want to be with Sa'ad. And that's why I looked away. And this old Sa'ad was granted. This is one of, one of the Sahabis of the Rabbi If we look at another Sahabi, his name was Musa ibn Umayr. Musa ibn Umayr, and I specifically chose him because Musa ibn Umayr was, if I can put it out, you know, the fancy guy before Islam. Yes. Musa ibn Umayr was a guy, everything he had. He even used to import things from Yemen. So if you think of importing a pair of Nikes or Adidas from America, Europe, you will see this was, uh, this was Musab. He had everything. He was very rich. Uh, think about name brands. He had it all. And then Musab bin Umayr, one day when he heard about this whole commotion about the Rabbi he decided, you know what? I'm going to go see this man myself. So Musab then, in a very secretive way, went into Dal Arkham and he sat while the Rabbi was speaking. Yeah. And immediately when he was listening to Rabbi Sassam, he accepted Islam. But Saad had one fear. One fear. And that fear was, like we all have, 
for his mother. Musab. <laughs> Musab, Musab, yes. Musab was very fearful of his mother. And just like we all don't want to get on the bad sides of our mothers, that was Musab. Because his mother was a very powerful woman. She was very rich. She was very dominant. And this was the character of Musab's mother. So then Musab then tried to always be in secret when it came to his mother until somebody saw Saad, I mean Musab in, in Darul Arkham and then they told the mother. The mother then decided to lock him up and she put shackles on him and she had guards around him. And then somebody then informed Saad that the first uh, Hijrah to Habasha is taking place. So Musab then took the opportunity immediately and he got his opportunity to escape and he ran away and he went to Habasha. Then afterwards when he returned, his mother was still not Muslim and his mother said, I'm going to lock you up again. So he said, mother, you, uh, this was, you see Musab when he left, he was a person, when he came back, he was a complete different person because he was much more strong, he had much more yaqeen, he had much more uh, strength within iman and taqwa. So he tells his mother, you can lock me up, no problem. But the person that you're going to lock me up, I inform you now and I tell you now, if he's going to stop me from going to the Nabi, I will kill him. I will kill. And the mother then saw that Mushab is very serious. So she left him. She left him. And then after, after all the time and the battles, there was one specific battle that Musab was in and that was the battle of Uhud and the Nabi we know of certain Sahaba that uh, not specifically disobeyed the Nabi but they they, had a mis- they made a mistake they didn't intend to, to disobey the Nabi so in that battle that the, the Muslimi lost Musab had the raya he had the flag and Musab then was walking with the flag and as soon as he saw that the flanks at the back were starting to break down and the, the army from behind is being attacked. Musab then ran to the position of the name Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he used himself, his body as a shield. But before he came to the Nabi alayhi wa he saw that the army of the mushrikeen were heading towards the Nabi because they were going to kill him, they were assassinated, they want to assassinate him. So what does Musab do then? He shouts, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar to get the attention. So now where the eyes are going to? No more to the Nabi. They're looking at Musab now. And he shouts, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And the whole army then comes from Musab. And Musab is standing there. And they start to attack him. First strike, they chop off his whole arm. What does Musab do? Does he give up? No. He grabs it with his left arm. And he stands up. And the thing he utters, he says, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Verily that the Nabi is not only but a messenger of Allah. Why was Musab saying this? It's because he knows that his return is inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raja'oon. That I'm returning to Allah by this. This is sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. And then they cut off his left arm. And he says again, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ And then they cut off his leg and they cut off his other left and right foot. And he keeps on until he keeps it between his bosoms, his chest. And he keeps the raya, the flag of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah until he's martyred. The Rabbi after the battle, they found the body of Musab. And when they found the body of Musab, the Sahaba immediately started to cry. Because they knew Musab before as a man that had wealth, he had the best of everything. But even on the day that he passed away, he had a piece of sheet as clothing that was broken that was covering him. And when they tried to cover his face, the bottom would open. And when they tried to cover the bottom, the top would open. This was the status that Musab gave everything up of dunya 
for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Rabbi started to cry as well. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then afterwards revealed the ayah. وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُلُ أَفَإِن مَاتَ أَوْ قُتِلًا قَلَبْتُمْ عَلَىٰ أَعْقَابِكُمْ وَمَنْ يَنْقَلِبُ عَلَىٰ عَقِبَيْهِ فَلَنْ يَضُرَّ اللَّهَ شَيْئًا وَسَيَجْزِ اللَّهُ الشَّاكِرِينَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed exactly the words that Musa was saying. وَمَا مُحَمَّدٍ إِلَّا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ That indeed the Nabi alayhi sallam is but a messenger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَفَإِن مَاتَ if it came that he was uh, he, uh, he passed on, or he was killed or murdered, in that you are going to fall back and you are going to leave this deen, whoever does this, he will not harm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way. But look at the beautiful part at the end. But Allah will see to those that are thankful. And that was Musaf. Alhamdulillah. To our listeners, on that note, we need to go for air. So we'll be back right after that. Stay tuned. Friday Nasiha on the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Indeed, your Friday nasiha with uh, Sheikh Zaid Fatar in studio speaking about the Sahaba. And Sheikh had related the story of both Mus'ab and uh, Sa'ad um, so beautifully. And I think it brought tears to our eyes. Sheikh, if only I can read the SMSs, perhaps those coming through as well this morning. But those are but two that you have mentioned this morning. Subhanallah. Wallahi, it is so beautiful, Aunt Aisha. And that is why also at the time of the uh, of the martyrdom of Sa'ad, after the Rabbi says that the eyes reveal, the Rabbi says some stood by the by the by the body of of Musab, and he then recited, "Min al mu'minina rijalun sadaku ma'ahadullahi, fa minhum man qada nahbahu wa minhum man Indeed, from the believers, there are men. You know, a lot of us we we claim that we are men, but unfortunately, we find more males than men. And a lot of us claim for the women, we claim, you claim that you are women, but a lot of women today are not women, they are females. Because the characteristics of a, of a man and the characteristics of a woman in the way that Allah created us, that unfortunately today we see a lot of us, and it's a lesson for all of us, we see a lot of these qualities that Allah has naturally placed within us, it is no more there. It is no more there. But these Sahaba are our inspiration. To try to get back there, you know, it's very important. Never give up. You know, whatever you try, we look at these Sahaba, we look at these stories, and you look at yourself like, oh, where am I from these people? I will never be able to get on the level of people. I'm the worst of creation. Now, let me tell you, the mere fact that you are uttering that and you believe that, that is your first step because what is happening? You are regretting. You are regretting. And that is the first step to go forward. You have to first acknowledge that what you are doing right now or what you have done it is not the right thing and that's where you regret and then you look for the inspiration and these sahabis were our inspiration if you look at different sahabis take for example Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab Sayyidina Umar and a lot of us know Umar was a man indeed a rajul he was a man of a man you know, there's, there's, there's a saying between the shu'ada, the poets, they say, Anta rajunu And you are a man, and men are few. You know, so Sayyidina Umar was a man, and there were so few. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, before Islam, his brother, Zayd ibn al-Khattab, mentions, he says that Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, his, his, his characteristics, his principles, is that everything about Sayyidina Umar before Islam was Islam. And every time Zayd would tell him and remind him that, you know, 
everything is good about you except your direction. If you can just be directed in the right way, then you will be on the right path. And the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made a dua. He said, Allahumma, O oh Allah, grant for the two most beloved people to you to become Muslim. It was uh, Abil Hakam, and that was uh, the uncle of the Nabi, I mean, Hashi, uh, uncle of the Nabi, which we know as Abu Jahl, and Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhum. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the dua of the Nabi, you don't need to even question, it is mustajab, immediately. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose the person that is most loved by him. And that is Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. And Sayyidina Umar was such a man that the Nabi said, لَوْ كَانَ نَبِيًّا بَعْدِي لَكَانَ عُمَر If there was a Nabi and a Prophet after me, it would be Umar. Why? Because Umar stood to principles that you find in Islam. He stood to unity. He stood to defending the poor. He stood to seeing to the haq of the poor and those that are oppressed. And seeing to also the well-being of the rich. He saw to everything. And that is what Islam teaches us, encourages us to do. That was Sayyidina Umar. So the Rabbi said, if there was a prophet after me, it would be Umar, but there is no prophet after me because I am the sealer of prophethood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and many times showed us the status of Umar. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave a vision to Sayyidina Umar about the Adhan. And he came to the Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informing that he had a vision of, because at the time they built a masjid so they needed to have something to alarm the people to salah. Some of them suggested the trump, some of them suggested uh, different uh, tools and, and mechanisms. So Sayyidina Umar then had a vision, a dream where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him that it needs to be a voice. So he then heard Adan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar in his dream. He then came to the Rabbi and said, and the Rabbi then confirmed and said, yes, that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to do. Sayyidina Umar in a different other situation, standing on the mimbar, and as he's given a khutbah, remember the Sahaba, at the same time there was a battle that was taking place against the, the Romans. And the Muslimin were coming across a mountain, two mountains, and there was a valley in between. And the enemies were sitting on top of the mountains. And they were waiting for the Muslimin to enter in the valley, and that's where they were going to attack them. So he said, now Umar in Medina, far away from them, he's busy khutbarin. And out of nowhere, Sayyidina Umar mentioned, he shouted, Al-Jabal, Al-Jabal. And what are the Jabal? The mountain, the mountain, the mountain. And the Sahaba that were attending the Jumu'ah, looking, hey, what's happening here? Why is Umar shouting mountain, mountain? And when the army came back, the one Sahabi came to Sayyidina Umar, and he told him, you know, I don't know how, but you saved us. And said, Umar looked surprised. What? Because Sayyidina Umar couldn't even remember. He said, what are you talking about? He said, when we were about to enter the valley, we heard you saying the mountain, the mountain, the mountain. <laughs> so we turned away yes. from it and we went around the mountain. And this was the status that Allah granted to Sayyidina Umar. All the Sahaba. They came from the Madrasatul Muhammadiyah, from the, the schooling and the teaching of the Rabbi which then makes them immediately and automatically the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because these people stood for the haq, and these are the characteristics of the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Rabbi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, speaking about the Sahaba, he says, Ashabi kan nujum, my, my companions are like stars. For whoever you look up and try to be inspired about, you will be granted that inspiration. You will be granted that hidayah. Because the Sahaba of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was specifically chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to convey this beautiful da'wah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
Yes, indeed. Um, on that note, I think we need to go for it. We will be back right after this. So listeners, stay tuned. Friday Nasicha on the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and indeed a warm welcome to our Friday Nasiha program at Jamal Barak. If you have just tuned in, speaking of the noble Sahaba this morning and um, Sheikh Zaid Fatar in Syria has mentioned but a few, subhanAllah Sheikh, there are so many of them and I think already this bring ourselves and the listeners to tears this morning and I'm hoping that this is going to continue inshallah for we need to, um, you know, to bring these great heroes to the attention of our children, subhanAllah. No, I mean it's so true, uh, Sadaa Aisha, is that in our time today, heroes have become more materialistic than character. You know, if a, if a person has a supernatural power, he has some, you know, sort of uh, unnatural strength, then this person becomes a hero. Where if we look at people that stand for justice, people that stand for equality, people that stand for all of these beautiful things that need to be within our society, they are not, not looked at as, 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 as heroes, but indeed they are heroes. These are the real true heroes of our time. And these people up till today, we still find people that are inspired and following these footsteps for these Sahaba. They are a part. Yeah. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot differentiate between the Sunnah and the Sahaba because the Sahaba were the ones that carried over the Sunnah. We cannot put the Sahaba one side and say we accept Sunnah and Quran because the way we were granted that Sunnah was through the Sahaba. So the chain is very, very, very tight is that you cannot just disregard the Sahaba and put them one side because they are part of this deen as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned them within the Quran. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu that is not only a Sahaba but Ahlul Bayt. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu as well. You know, I like to balance out. I mention all the Sahabas and I try to also balance out because I know a lot of people love Sayyidina Ali and Umar and some of them love Ali and then some of them love Umar and Ali and they have a lot of love to Umar. Now we need to show love to both. We need to show love and honor and respect to both because both of them were in the company of the Nabi Islam. I mean, Wallahi, the Abdullah, I don't want to, before I know I'm going off top, but just to tell you, to be in the presence of the Nabi Islam in itself is Hidayah. Abdullah ibn Salam, when he was about to, and he was before, because before he became Muslim, he was a Jew. He was about to go and debate with the Nabi Sallam when the Nabi Sallam came into Medina. Abdullah ibn Salam then takes his son, he walks to the Nabi Sallam, he says, I'm going to argue with this man, I'm going to prove that he's not a prophet. Abdullah ibn Salam then gazes his sight upon the face of the Nabi Sallam. Just the face. He has not yet spoken to the Nabi. The Nabi did not greet him, neither did he, neither did he argue, nothing yet, absolutely nothing. He looks at the face of the Rabbi and he pauses and he stops. His son asks him, Father, what are you doing? Why are you not going forward? He says then, on that day when I saw that Prophet's face, I knew that this face can only be a face of a true believer and Prophet of Allah. Now if that was just gazing your sight upon the Rabbi mm-hmm. What about being under the, the, the feet of the Nabi I'm learning by the Nabi He's teaching you your deen. He's instructing you. He's guiding you. Wallahi, it is something as a ni'mah that we'll never be able to even explain properly. But these were the Sahaba. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhum. To show you that these Sahaba, they were people that stood for justice and haq. And they did not go overboard. They did not oppress and kill other people. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhum. One day, they were in the battle. And as they were battling, remember everybody's killing and fighting one another. 
Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu comes across a man and this man then battling with him and then he gets him to fall on the floor and Sayyidina Ali is about to strike him and the man then spits in his face. And Sayyidina Ali then throws down his sword and he walks away. And then the Sahaba asks, Ya Ali, what did you do? I mean, you had him, why didn't you take him out? You're in the battle, you're in war, why didn't you take him out? So he then said, when I was fighting, in the beginning I was fighting sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. Then when this man spat in my face, if I had to kill him, I would not be killing him for the sake of Allah. I would be killing him for revenge because he disrespected me. And that's why I threw down my sword because I do not do anything except for Allah. SubhanAllah. I'm sure on that top and that note, I think it's time for us to also conclude. But we're hopeful that we might have you for the second session, inshallah, to continue with this, um, you know, majestic topic, I would say. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that we always are able to not only speak about the love of the Nabians, love of the Sahaba, but try our utmost best to practice, even if it would be little. Because the Nabi says, the most loved and best actions to Allah are those that are continuous, even if it be little. Even if it looks insignificant to you, that will be something that will be significant and huge for you on the day of Qiyamah. Amen. Where you will be standing with the Sahaba and better than that, standing also with the name Muhammad sallallahu alayhi On that note, we say big shukran, Shaykh Zaid Fatar, and all the best. Uh, safe um, on the road, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala.